Lots of benefits to the system, lots of drawbacks. Two minutes late is not on time in my mind. We'll talk about that later. You are now. About to witness. The awesome uh, crushing uh, might of Eugene S. Robinson Show. Shabba! Tommy LB, I owe you a call. I'll do it this week. Sorry I didn't get to it last week. I got everybody else's calls in. You realize we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Not my tardiness, something else. But right now, welcome to V, a seven, a nine. Is that what it is or is it V80? Huh? I can't tell. Tell me what show this is, please. I, I can't see it because the music is playing. Anyway, this is v, I think it's V79 or V80 or correctly listed. I don't know. We're going to talk about J-Lo McNuggets, the ex-girlfriend that won't go away, UFC 242, more Dave Chappelle snap-up, and, and more. But first, the words that say it all, stigmata, from the calling of the just record, it's Bob Riley. It's not me. Song's called Intro All of Nothing. Their CD is still available. Yes, you will buy CDs from Revelation Records. Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they still keep hit your car with a hammer. I know it's still available from them because I sell it to them. Go online, find it, and buy it. You don't have to go to Huntington Beach where they don't get where they hit your car with a hammer. But listen well. Taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Speed, payback, and full, always nothing. All right. All right, my friends. Uh, uh, welcome. Saludos, amigos. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, this was going to be a different kind of angry ranting show. Well, why? Why Eugene S. Robinson? Eugene S. on September 8th would it be an angry ranting show? Not about the plots, but you realize uh, the Patreon folks, the commercials that are done at the top of the hour, Patreon folks finally sent me the money. They're usually a few days late, four, three or four days late. I got to pay my bills on the first. They send me stuff on the fourth. And uh, at first I was very upset. Because while it wasn't as bad as July, and there were lots of things that interfered in July. There was Aussie Fest in New York, as well as uh, uh, I had to attend a friend's wedding in Poland. Put me deep in the hole, both with the show. I didn't expect, with two shows, I didn't expect to be a lot of, a lot of jack in the bank from that. 
June, so far, the best. I don't know what happened in June, but everybody in June was in a given mood, whether it's Father's Day, whether it's graduation day, you no longer had to pay tuition, you were flush. Now, August came in, I'm like, okay, it's better than July, but it's not as good as June. Maybe I have unrealistic expectations. And then I remembered some of you are sending me stuff in the mail. I, I don't know that you want your name mentioned, TLB, but whatever. And then some of you are sending me stuff through through uh, pay, uh, a PayPal directly without uh, effing with uh, effing. I don't, I'm not, uh, you know, I can't, they've limited my curse words on Care I Don't Care preview. I can't say fuck anymore. Somebody asked me, hey, would you cut out the curse words in the outre sex stories if it meant wider distribution? I'm saying, huh, what, what, wait, what? That conversation ended very quickly. That was a media executive trying to cut. You know what? You know, if I could give you a movie called The Godfather, written original movie called The Godfather, I'm quite sure that you would want to somehow put chimps in tuxedos in it because it's so fucking funny. Hollywood ruins everything. Mass media. Anyway, I realized that some of you just go straight to, to uh, PayPal, which is pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014 at yahoo.com. I'll write it. I'll write it. So, uh, uh, so nobody's got any excuse. And then I realized, uh, don't let's start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. It was still less than June. But it was much higher, higher than July. So then I realized I couldn't rant about that. I had to refocus my cranky feelings on something else. So go to patreon.com slash the stomper, facebook.com slash stomperville. Uh Pinko right there. Uh uh if you want to pay for the show. Um I got money miseries. As soon as as soon as I finish your show, I got to do an expense report. Uh, from when, Eugene? Yeah, from July 2018. I've been floating Aussie cash like I'm a fucking drunken sailor, and I can't do it. I can't afford it. I'm zeroed out. So uh, it's not your business. It's not your concern. I'm not complaining. I'm just noting. Shoulder your burdens without complaint, as a man once said. So let's get started with the show now that we've done the commercials. Oh, 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 oh. One other commercial. Sorry. Uh, some of you weren't Oxbow fans. So I got to get this thing out of my mouth. Some of you weren't Oxbow fans, but have subsequently become Oxbow fans as a result of this show. Um, those of you who, uh, let's see. And some of you were like, I, I would listen to Oxbow, but I can never find Oxbow. Um, well, some of you are like, well, I wouldn't listen to Oxbow. Well, but I might wear some Oxbow. Oh, really? Well, the good news is Oxbow. Here, somebody write this in the comments because I can't be doing with this shit. Um, <laughs> uh, you, do you really want me to talk the next hour about money problems? <laughs> do it, it's all. Do it because you love it. Hey, oh my God. You know, I can do a three-hour show on this. I went to a birthday party with a uh, – took a friend of mine who was a multimillionaire to a birthday party for a friend of mine who wasn't. It was in a – yeah, yeah. 
Uh, all right. It was in a tenderloin apartment, one room apartment called the, uh, not a, an, uh, not an accommodation. I forget the name of what they, uh, and, uh, uh, God damn it. It's got a special real estate name that tries to make it sound better than one room apartment. And at one point, uh, a friend of mine, former mafioso comes over to me and says, Eugene, I love you, but, uh, you gotta get the fuck out of here. So what is that called then? What is it called? Not an equivalency, not a economy. It is, God damn it. It's a one room. Anyway, that's not the point of the story. Point of the story is Cat comes up to me and says, <laughs> not as bad, not as bad as an SRO. Yeah, it's like a studio, well, a studio, an equivalency, and I'll figure it out later. It's not important. The important thing is he comes over to me and says, uh, you know, Eugene, you gotta get the fuck out. Yeah. What the fuck? Your friend over there, you gotta get out. You got you gotta he's ex-mafia. You don't have any inefficiency! Yes! Thank you. Pick ill gets it. I'll give you something special. An efficiency unit, you got it. That's it. So uh he he was you gotta get out of here. You gotta get out. What's the problem? Your friend. What's my what the fuck did they do? I'm always constantly taking trying to get these different worlds together. Well, this friend of mine is a multimillionaire, and I hear across the room the words, money isn't everything, and I just kind of go like this. Hung my head, and I'm like, "Let's go." <laughs> you you can't tell a dog, big guy who just turned forty, lives in inefficiency, got fired from his job because he's trying to live the clean life, and and, and you are a multimillionaire who lives in ocean cliff, sea cliff, whatever the fuck, in a house that looks like an apartment building, but one person lives in it, and start telling the dude about the fucking the money is not everything. Anyway, I don't want to get into money. I don't. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to get get into money. Let's not, because I, I can go forever. But I will give you oxbow.merchtable.com. I've been doing Oxbow since 1987. Clearly, because I love it. I've been doing uh, Knuckle Up into the Showstopper since 2007. Clearly, because I love it. Anyway, I want to talk about something else. Many of you don't may or may not know that uh, uh, I've written a novel, and the novel is called The Long Slow Screw. And um, it, it is uh, a crime saga um, set in 1970s New York. In actual fact, if I wanted to let you peek behind the curtain, I would tell you, one, that it was a way for me to get New York stories out of my head. And two, when I worked at, I got an article coming up in Ozzy.com about the mafia gym I used to work out at in New York when I was a teenager. And it gave me a convenient vehicle for all of these stories that I heard or overheard that I couldn't write as real journalistic uh, articles lest I get killed by these guys. But um, why am I got the glasses on? Because it's kind of thing blurry without it. But, um, but I could c condense them into this book called The Long Slow Screw. And Joey Bag of Donuts, some of you have read it. And at first it was supposed to go at Random House, was going to pick it up. And they flew me to New York to have a meeting with them. And the woman who was in charge of signing new authors brought me into a meeting. It was supposed to last 15 minutes. The meeting lasted an hour, which I thought was pretty hopeful. In the last five minutes, she says to me, she goes, uh, what do you think about pop culture today? It's so mean. And I have no way is she publishing this fucking book, this 60-year-old Upper West Side chick is not just gonna she's not gonna do it, and they did not. Um, it was published by a small uh, LA publishing company. It was connected to a record label, 
got picked up. A large French publishing company published it under another name, Paternostra, because the wordplay that's in a long, slow screw, you know, the actual drink, but the action as well as, you know, the grind down element, they couldn't capture it in French. This year, it's supposed to come out in Italy. They haven't asked me for help with the translation, which makes me very nervous. So I'm hoping they pushed it back and they'll use the same title, Paternostra. But it's a good book. But one of the stories in the book and the novel that came up had, that was from my actual real life. You don't need to know that. I don't want to ruin. It's a work of fiction, but I don't want to ruin it for you. Had to do the one year that I lived in uh, Crown Heights. And um, we, there were alleys between buildings. And the story is going somewhere, so you stick with me. Alleys between buildings and uh, garages in, behind the houses. Um, and if you look at Utica Avenue, if you live in Brooklyn, you know Utica Avenue from Eastern Parkway all the way down, it's a hill. That means every block is higher than the block behind it. And there's nobody living there but uh, 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 West Indians, or used to be nobody living there but West Indians and Hasidic Jews. Um, and we used to, there was enough space between the garages that you could Spider-Man to the top of them by putting your hands, your hand, you know, the spread eagling between the sides and you could scramble to the top and get on top of the garages. All kinds of shit happened in those garages. All kinds of unsavory shit that nowadays people wouldn't really stand for. What happened with routinely? I remember all the girls running out the front. What happened? This girl is having sex with Johnny. Girl was nine years old. Johnny was twelve. I don't know if it was consensual, but you know, back then we were kids. We didn't know. We were just like, oh, she saw his penis or something. When they didn't know that there was a guy, Louis, an old, actually Italian guy who used to. Uh, actually, I don't know that he was Italian. That's not fair. He's white, and he used to live across the street. Um, and he was not he was not a Hasidic Jew, so that was why he stood out. That's what I'm saying. And my mother said, look, I don't want you to go over there anymore. And I was like, why not? It was just, ah, Louis was giving candy out to kids on close to 4th of July, give out free fireworks. Everybody loved going over to Louis. But my mother saw something in the door. She was in the doorway once, and some little neighborhood girl was there, uh, little, uh, 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 little Puerto Rican girl. I guess maybe it was more than West Indians and, and Hasidic Jews. And uh, Louis was helping her straighten out her dress while giving her candy. And so she pegged him as a perv. But calling the police back then, I don't know anybody did that really, right? She just said, you don't go over there. Anyway, um, so we're scrambling up in the back of the garage. All kinds of foul shit happened there. And we scrambled up over the top of the building. And there was like a 200-foot drop from, 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 so you go between the alleys. You can look this stuff up on uh, on probably Google Street Maps. I, I don't if I could remember an address, I'd help you. And you there's a, a, a cinder block wall, and you look over the cinder block wall. And we're watching some guy, and he's got a convertible. Don't if you read the book, you know the scene that's coming. And we're watching this cat, and he's working on he's shine, you know, painstakingly shine this convertible, and we're just kind of idly. It was probably a ninety beautiful car. And then he finally draws the cover over it, this ivory cover. Just and we're like peeking at him, watching, you know. And um, as we're peeking over the wall, we start to climb down, and we realize the cinder blocks are, are loose, right? They're kind of loose, so we go, "Oh shit! Hey, the cinder blocks are loose." And one of us, 
uh, one of us came up with the idea, you know, I was nine, right? He's the kid thinking. I said, hey, hey, why don't we push one of the cinder blocks down over our dude, right? Because I, I grew up with cartoons like Wiley Kyle. I'm not blaming the cartoons. It was a bad idea, I admit. So we said, fuck it. You know, I, I don't think we can hit him, but, you know, it'll scare him or something. So we push the fucking cinder block. Whoa! Take a drink. Uh, so we, we uh, I got to straighten my leg. Um, so we push a cinder block, and that thing falls down 200 feet if you know anything about physics. <laughs> yeah, if you know anything about physics, that's what, 32 feet per second per second? Plunging down, and then we see with the slow dawning horror that it is going to dive bomb right through the roof of this guy's pristine 1960s convertible fucking Chevy or whatever it is. Got boom. And we're like, didn't expect that. It's not, I mean, we were kids. We knew enough about gravity to not jump off of that shit. We all ran. We fled. Uh, the Haitian kids I ran with, they they were on the side of the garage. They, they had garages on their side of the street. On the side of the street I lived on, there were carports behind the houses. Down the alleys, there were carports. All right. So they all run in their house and I'm about to run their house with them. But um, but uh, uh, actually, let's see, we're running down. We forget about it. Actually, we boom. Oh, shit, this is scary. And we forget about it. That's what happened. We forgot. And we're kind of loitering around. And my friend Jacques starts to go to the front of the house to get in. And he was like, oh, shit, the guy. And we all like the, the dead end kids. Bowery boys, we all, you know, take it on the arches, fellas. And we all go running back in the direction of the cinder block wall, the garages, scrambling up on the roof, hiding. We're all, but right then, well, yeah, yeah, right then, I hear my mother call me for dinner. And I'm like, ah, shit. You know, if, my, if I don't come right away, my mother gets nervous, mostly because of Louie, the child molester across the street. And all this unsavory shit that she knew, uh, 32 feet per second per second. Oh, yeah. Yeah, terminal velocity, which is like 200 feet. So given the fact this was about 200 feet, this was just a rocket. And I know if I wait too long, uh, she's going to get nervous and she's going to come across the street. And I don't want my mother to have to deal with this crazy West Indian who apparently, according to Jacques, has got weapons on him now. So now... If you want, if I could use, let me use two hands to try to. It, 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 it. So if you, they're, you just, they're row houses with alleys between them and garages in the back. You could drive down between the alleys, park in the back, walk into your house in the front. So there are multiple garages. Now I know this is like that movie, uh, uh, It, the, the second chapter, which sucked shit. Do, I, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Don't even get me started. The movie was horrible. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Don't see it. Anyway, there are three doors, three alleys. In the movie, there were three doors. And, like, I know instinctively where the West Indian with the wrench is. But I know if I go to the one at the – I'm factoring it in time. If I go on, on the right, I'm likely to be caught. If I go on the one on the far left, it'll take me longer. Maybe my mother comes across – or maybe I have to holler out to keep her from coming across and the guy hears 
And then, because I can see him, shadows, and he kind of has gone to the far right. So I know I can go to the one on the far left, and I go, fuck it. Fuck it, fuck it. It's my mother there. I don't want her involved in this. And so I go down the alley in the middle. And I get to the sidewalk, and kaboom! I'm grabbed by the red-eyed, angry. I mean, I don't think I've, there's only one other time, and this is the time I wrote about, uh, you know, for the Ozzy story, when the mafia guy threatened to kill me out in, in, in Queens in John Gotti's neighborhood. Uh, he was in the Forcer, so he wasn't a big guy, but he was, I don't think I'd seen anybody quite this angry. His eyes were red, and he grabbed me with this wrench, and he goes, I'm gonna get, and I was like, it wasn't me, it wasn't me! You know, that's the acting. I've been on stage since I was two, came in handy. Um, <laughs> uh, well, this is a rare poster. There's only one left. Um, so, he grabs me, and I see, I can see my mother across the street kind of looking, and I, you know, I don't want her to, I really don't want her to come across. And he's like, oh, I go, was the kids at 212? Was the kids at 212? And there was an apartment building down the cliff. The block was bookended by apartment buildings, and, you know, typically, you know, high-density apartments. Any of the, we lived in the house, any of the bad kids lived, in the, usually lived at the ends of the building. It was, a, it was three and up, and they went running there, and we were just playing. We told them not to do it. But they listen to it. And the guy was like looking at me. And I, you know, 100% honesty, bro. Honesty. And the guy looked at me and he couldn't decide. And I could see my friends hiding. And then he let me go and ran off. And I walked across the street. My mom was, who is that? Who's that angry West Indian? I go, oh, he's looking for some kids at 212. And I never thought about it again until years later when I was writing a long, slow screw. Well, I, I tell I tell you that story because I, I, UFC 242, what was most mind-blowing, everybody is full of back chatter about it, but what was most mind-blowing, it's like that film series I want to do based on that, like, and this is always goes in my file because under because he was white, like that 77-year-old fucking murderer who said, ah, in the interest of the guy's increased age, we should let him out, you know, and they let him out only because he's white. Sorry, I don't, fucking, I don't fucking tell me. They let a fucking black cat up and it finds out the guy was innocent. But they let this guy multiple fucking murder out. And it, my drummer, it was his idea originally. He's like, a movie where everything happens in, in sequence with great ruthless logic. And the 77-year-old guy gets out, much like the Barabbas effect, looks around. Within a month, he's murdered again. <laughs> uh, within a month, he's murdered again. Like that guy who they let out, and the guy, next thing he knows, he was at a mall looking around. Oh, my God. There's a Victoria's Secret just having his own private thoughts a month after he's been let out. And the manager from Victoria's Secret comes out, and he decides he's going to talk to her. And next thing he knows, she's in the trunk of the car. He's taken her out to the woods, and he's raped and murdered her. That's real. And do not ask what race that guy was because you know he was fucking white. The guy had been in for multiple priors. My daughter's, one of my daughter's best friends, lived in an apartment complex like three miles from here over on Alma in Palo Alto. 
that kindly old guy, the Mr. Furley of, of the fucking apartment complex, was arrested, was arrested at the age of 78 for murder that he had committed in the, in the, in the 80s. What was shocking about it is that the guy had already been a convicted murderer at under 18, and they let him out at 21. He murdered two girls, raped them, and smashed their heads with rocks. Look it up. It's the Palo Alto Weekly, Palo Alto Daily Post. Murdered two girls with rocks. They at, He hit 21. They let him out. And he went on to murder again. I mentioned this in the context of UFC 242 because what's significant to me and what's mind-blowing to me, and everybody's having these feels for Dustin, as you well know if you watch Care Don't Care Preview, as you well know from Care Don't Care Preview, I picked Dustin to win. I said, I expect Khabib will win, but I want to pick Dustin to win because sometimes wishes and dreams come true. And what did I say on Care Don't Care? Well, I'll tell you what I said on Care Don't Care for those of you who didn't watch Care Don't Care. I said, if you don't think Mike Thomas Brown and the cats at ATT don't, if you haven't figured out exactly what Khabib is going to do and plan for it, you're out of your mind. Those guys are students, DC. Students, DC. Students of the game, DC. But the people they school, like Javier and DC, don't always listen to how they've been schooled. The, the, I couldn't really hear all the time because I, I was watching the, the, the fights at Sorrells and uh, people were screaming in the background. No, not about the fights, about Sorrell punching him in the face. I train at a pirate ship. But he was like, oh, I, you know, and he's like, they go, do what we told you. And didn't he say at one point, I can't, but I can't get him off of me. You motherfucker. You, could, you had all of this fucking militating for, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. You and Sally Field, they like me, they like me. And your last fucking win. And, and I realized, hey, man, you're not a bad guy. You're a good guy. You're a good guy who just doesn't have a lot of curating potential. You're a good guy who doesn't have the it. You're the good guy who just doesn't, doesn't have the, the personality, the character, the charisma. But you're a good guy. And, 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 and I know with Mike Thomas Brown and ATT, these guys have got you watching film. And you know that fight, I could, if I was good at computer animation, I could have animated that fight. And the fights are fucking interchangeable. They're, they are so much alike. They are interchangeable. I can't think of anybody who's more regular or more reliable than Khabib. And people like with uh, my, my, uh, Demetrius uh, Johnson, uh, Mighty, they were like, look, why, you know, you got to change. And he was like, why would, I, why would I do that? It's working so far. Khabib, remember we talked, you know, each fight you have, you open, it, open the door or crack into your wheelhouse. Guys, 28 and 0. That means... There's no more. There's no more wheelhouse to peek into. You've seen all, and you've seen all there is to see. And what you're saying is like, uh, like Chael Sonnen said about Johnny Boney Joni. He goes, "It was like being in there with a bear. That you were surprised. You're surprised. You sound like the fucking parole board. 
that's released all these guys who subsequently go on to rape and murder people. These parole boards are sitting around shocked, shocked, I tell you, that a guy who smashed two girls' heads in with a rock and raped them at the age of 17 and was released three, well, four years later, then went on to rape and smash more heads. Shocked. He, there is none more reliable. I mean, Javier didn't even have to be there. I know Javier Mendez, and I know when he's working, and he's, he didn't even have to be there. He was just there because he wanted to go to Dubai. He didn't have to give any advice to Khabib. So you've been militating. You've been pushing for this M&M moment. You got one chance. This is not even a choke. Prison is not rehab. You're correct. This is not even, I didn't even, it's not even like he choked. It's a reality distortion effect. You can say anything you want. I got in there. I know I trembled. I shook. I got confused. I got, you know what? You know what, man? Save it. Save that drama for your mama because I don't fuck care. Don't care. You are now an executive level gatekeeper. Remember that last one who couldn't square himself that he got to the mountaintop and, the, and he found himself wanting? Yeah, the mauler. Six weeks after his retirement, dude's whining about returning. I don't have any patience for it. You know why? Because there's a character that most people have to live with at some point in their life who uh, talks before they think. Now, I've gone on to say, people say, Eugene, what's your seduction tactic? I go, well, I just start off with high. You know? I, I, I just, that's how I, my, that, that's my move. Hi, how you doing? And like I've said, there's a very short line between what goes into my head and what comes out of my mouth. Yes! Yes, and the fucked up thing was, he was, do you see, look at the moment where he got choked. He probably got, a, he probably was looking up at his corner as they said to him, tuck your chin. Like he should need to be told that. He looked up at his corner and got fucking choked. What did you say? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Six weeks later, the mauler is like, well, I guess I could, you know, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. There's always, I've broken up, I've broken up with women. Don't, don't be one of those, you're not the, you're the one who told me, you're not the most forgiving man. Oh, because you lived your whole life saying shit that was out of pocket, and then when you apologize, people forgave you? Don't, I don't, I don't play that forgiveness shit. I don't, whatever. I saw a glimpse of the real you. The real you. You want somebody to forgive you? Go talk to your parents. Me? I got other stuff to do. I, seriously. You know how many times I've actually had to apologize? You know how many times I had to apologize for shit that I said that was like out of pocket? It came out before I thought about it. Once. One time, I... One time, I, I was punished for it immediately, so I'm not counting that time. There's this girl, Andrea, who I used to go to camp who, when I was a lifeguard at camp. Um, 
Yep. Yeah, only once. Only once. Correct. And so Andrea goes, hey, you want to give me a ride home? I was like 17. And Andrea was like 27. That was like hot shit for me. She had her own place. And <laughs> Yeah, right. Right. I'm sorry, guy. Dude's choking me. What do I do? Tuck your chin. Hey, I wish you had told me that before I put my chin up. Motherfucker. So Andrea, she says, I said, you need a ride home. She lived in Queens. I had a, the car that night. I was like, yeah, I'll give you a ride home. I go, great, let me get my coat. So I go up to the coat closet. My friends all stand there doing coke. So you want some coke? I go, yeah, I take some coke. 17, disco time in New York, 1979. And they go, where are you going? I said, oh, man, I, I'm going to take Andrea home. We're probably going to fuck tonight. It'll be great. And then they get that quiet look in their face. And I go, and of course she had followed me to the coat room. Cue the clown music. Seventeen-year-old Eugene blew it, but I didn't have to apologize for that since that's what I was hoping would happen. That's what I expected would happen, and I was a dumbass. And right, I was punished immediately. The other time, I was having an argument with the woman who uh, uh, was my first wife in the gym. And this guy kept following me around, kept following me around. And he's like, what do you guys, every time I'm here, you guys are talking. And I'm trying to be patient. And the guy's like, we're talking about heavy shit related to follow me around. And the fire go, double, you just get the fuck out of here. He was so shaken. He was so shaken, he left the gym. I was like, God damn it. And I called him and said, hey, man, I, I'm fucking sorry. You caught me at a really bad time. But generally, that's it. Those two moments, I'm not fucking speaking. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, these cats who are like, I retire. No, I don't retire. Gustafson's at home thinking, how many hip-hop records can I fucking make? Or alternatively, hey, we got a mortgage bill coming up. How you plan to pay it? Oh, it didn't. It, 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 training people didn't really stop it. Gain some weight, fight heavyweight, or lose some weight, fight middleweight, get, uh, get out of the bony, uh, the bo- or... Square yourself with being executive gatekeeper. But Poirier was on that razor-thin edge of, yeah, exactly. Wanting some kind of sympathy, get yourself a gerbil. Now, that's that rip-off line that uh, uh, John Leguizamo from Do- uh, Dr. Doolittle with uh, where the fucking rat uh, knifes him in the back. I'm, 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 I'm connecting the lines for you. When a rat knifes him in the back. He goes, I can't believe you did that after all I did for you. And John Leguizamo as a rat was like, yeah, John Leguizamo says, you want sympathy? Oh, you, you want compassion? Get a gerbil. <laughs> it's a great line. It's the only line. Where, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most dangerous man in this row, not even. Yeah, I know. That's a gerbil thing, the Richard Gare thing. Is that. Anyway, so what can I say? What can I say about Khabib in my mind? Is imminently is imminently beatable. I mean, you what what you haven't figured out that you got to move him back if you want any with any wrestler. You got to bring the fight to them. Or you your corner didn't tell you that. I'm quite sure Mike Thomas Brown told you that because your only successes in that fucking fight were when you were doing that. But you did it. I mean, uh, and I'm glad I'm I'm glad to have the chips fall where they may, as they may. I'm really glad to have it. I'm glad that uh, Tony Ferguson 
if he can hold his shit together, here's hoping. I think that's a good fight. I'm glad to have that be the next fight. Um, uh, you know, Poirier, I hope he can square himself with being an executive level gatekeeper. Remember the speech from fucking Pulp Fiction where they talk about pride and it hurting? Don't let it hurt. Embrace that shit. You're number two. You tried harder. You found one thing. Don't, don't, do not crack. Don't, do not, as long as we're in 2019, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear rematch come out of the mouth of Dustin Poirier. I do not. I do not. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. And, 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 nah, I didn't eat his soul. Yeah, it's always that. Don't you understand when you deal with when you deal with a guy? Let me ex, let me explain the, these the, these dainty debbies to you. These are the cats that I quit. I'm going home. I'm go, I'm going home. I'm going to Stockholm. Yeah, I'm not gonna play with you anymore, Gustafson. Well, Poirier hasn't he hasn't played his hand yet. But all the choking up in there that they were doing, uh, look, I'm not one of those old school guys. I'm not, hey, I, I admit it, publicly admit it to crying on an airplane at Meet Joe Black. And if I tell you why I was crying like I did before, I get choked up recounting why I was sobbing on the plane at Meet Joe Black, a movie with fucking Brad Pitt in it. So I'm not doing some macho thing about making fun of the guy because he's 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 crying. I'm making fun of the parole board officer who's crying because the guy, the multiple murder who he, murderer who he let out, multiply murdered again. Fuck you. No, I didn't say that Brad Pitt is pretty. It was you. You just you just want to see me sob. Well, now I'm not gonna do it. It's like when my first kid was born, the nurse in attendance is like looking at me. To see it, then the kid comes out, and I was having a heavy emotional moment. But it's like you're not gonna steal my eyes. I felt her looking, and I, I held it in. Fuck it, get. Could you, could you could you stand behind me? You're ruining my moment. I don't want you in here. I don't want you stealing my my eyes. So you can around chips and salsa later tell your friends, "Oh, this is so cute. This old guy is big." As when I was two sixty five, oh, big guy who's sobbing like a baby. Yeah, you know what? Get out. It was a line where Brad Pitt. Uh, he, of course, is death personified, and he comes to take Anthony Hopkins' daughter. And Anthony, Hop <laughs> Anthony Hopkins says, I've loved her from the moment I saw her. If those of you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. It's a heavy, I'm on the plane, I'm sobbing, and I'm and the, the steward is just like, What the fuck, you could you gotta get you a drink? I've got that, maybe I love. So I am not making fun of him that. I'm making fun of him for, for like I'd make fun of the parole officer. You didn't think ignoring your corner, ignoring six months of watching film, you were just going to like DC, just going to innovate because it was your neck who was on the line. Huh? What? And you know what? You know who else tried to innovate? Matt Hughes. I think I could beat that train. There's a line from the Boonwell uh, well thing. There's a song Boonwell does called Dump Truck. And it's like, oh, man. You, oh, this is not your first kid, is it? Because I, I was going to do a piece on 
Is it your uh, I was gonna do a piece, what is it called? Prepartum panic. Men before their first um third. So you're you yeah, 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 you'll be fine. You'll be fine, you'll be fine. Um yeah, he did beat the train. He did beat the train. That that that, that is true. But you know what I'm saying? It's not like the line from the dump truck is you can't bargain with the fucking truck, bro. When I interviewed Kevin Weeks, who the guy who was Righty Bulger's right hand man, right hand man, he was like, I go, what did you learn from this experience? He goes, What I learned when they're leading you into the basement, fight like fucking hell. Do what you gotta do. You fight and jump out the window. You do whatever you gotta do to get out because you can't bargain with the basement. And I stole that line for the Boonwell record, the song Dump Truck. Can't bargain with the truck. You know, he watched multiple people get killed in that in that house in, in the basement in Southie. And he could see them. They, they were like playing every angle as they went down those stairs, hoping things would go a different way. And they never did. Nobody entered that basement who left except for Kevin, Steve Flemmy. You, you know, you got, this is your moment. This is your chance. You fight, fight accordingly. Or make your peace with death because there's no negotiating with those stairs down in the basement. None. Or tell me, get stand there and sob and tell me he got, hey, I know what it's like. My band played, I was a huge Bad Brains fan. And we got a chance to play with the Bad Brains in like 1985 or 86. Well, in their heyday in Oakland. And I fucking fell apart. Fell apart. Worst show I ever played in my life. Instructive. Noteworthy. Understand it. Understand it. You know what I didn't say again? I didn't pursue them again for another fucking chance. I didn't keep calling Andrea to have sex with me again after I blew it. I did call Doug who, because he was my mechanic at the time, and I asked him to forgive me because it was fucking shitty what I had done. I didn't expect him to be so violently affected and leave and go home crying, which is kind of what he did. So that is done. Executive level gatekeeper or bust for Poirier. Khabib goes on and uh, is talking about retirement. And now in leaving our fantasy MMA league in a very special place where we have to consider him against Ferguson, him against, of course, J-Lo. Yeah, it was. You understand, so if you understand, that was crushingly fucking painful. Crushingly, where HR used to be, this is still is a singer for the Bad Brains, one of the, one of the most phenomenal frontmen ever. Would stand up on the drum riser, do backflips mid song, land land the landing, keep singing, just the dynamo, absolute. Of course, later we find out he was bipolar and but whatever, he was phenomenal. Oh, you don't believe it? Get this. It's it's available on Amazon.com. I was there all three nights. You see a 19-year-old Eugene S. Robinson in the background. Bad brains. HR is in the white shirt. Phenomenal. So, but let's talk about J-Lo McNuggets and his constant and continual pathetic efforts 
to uh to to um to introduce himself into the conversation. You do realize, you do realize that this is the second time he has done this in almost as many weeks. It is really sad. Yeah, there you go. Big Tao. Second time. Man, hey, you know what? It's like, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And one of you has just sent me this thing, and I want to talk about it. Um, yeah, I want to talk about it briefly. Let me, let me, it is from the Irish Times. And um, I'm not going to give your name around. Just, I'll show you guys what I can see. All right. So this is from the Irish Times. I, on my screen, it looks backwards. I don't know if you can read it. But I'll tell you, it says, Google breaching right to anonymity of man cleared of rape. Court told search results using client's name include links to reports of rape trials. So they already have the cloaking and anonymity cloaking. As long as you, you got to be convicted for them to tell your name. So that's one article dated August 1st, 2019. The second article is written by an opinion columnist, sorry, and in the Irish Times from uh, April 10th, 2018, which is a few months uh, before the alleged incident, anal rape incidents that Connor was involved in. And this says, and uh, it might be, it looks like it's backwards on, on the screen. I don't know if you can read it, but it says, rape, a better legal system is needed. A lack of reliable data has disguised the scale of the problem. There's something seriously wrong when only 10% of rape victims report the crime to the police and just 8% of those cases result in court conviction. 92% are getting... Oh, it's not backwards to you. Okay. 92% uh, of, of rape. That means if 10 of us go, if 10 of us go to fucking Dublin and we all rape somebody, only one of us is going to jail for it. That is fucking disgusting. Colin Quinn. Colin? Colin? How can I can't pronounce it? Just did a special on Netflix called uh, 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 Red and Blue States. Phenomenal. It is exactly what Chappelle should have been. No stolen material. All on that razor thin line between, you know what? You fucking righties suck. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, you know what? You fucking lefties suck. Ah, ah, ah. You know what? Both of you guys suck. That whole special was precisely... It was the best kind of agitprop. It was genius. If he doesn't win an Emmy for that, there's no justice in the world. It's everything. And he talks about sex, too. It doesn't keep to politics. It's everything that the Chappelle thing tried. Somebody came up with an idea that I had not considered, and that's that Chappelle is trying to get fired again. Why? Because as a rich guy, the only way he can introduce grit into his life is to introduce it himself through these discontinuities in his professional experience. And I go, that's a compelling thought. That's a compelling thought. Watch it. I, you know what? I watched it twice since Friday. I watched it twice, and I'm going to watch it again tonight. I don't know about that, my friend. I'm laughing about the Aussies. Um, 
So, um, so uh, um, McNuggets is introducing himself to the conversation. Nobody's asking. Nobody wants. And those of you who are still, those of you who are still living that fucking pipe dream, you know, like like Steph tried to do that on the Carry Don't Care, which I just film, uh, recorded, where it'll go Monday. And she's like, well, you know, he's, we're talking about a guy who retired. What are we talking about? What's he talking about? This shit's not cute anymore. It's like fucking CTE uncute. It is CTE uncute. Well, when I fight, oh, you mean you, oh, is this a too short retirement? I retired. Now nah, I'm unretired. I record my rap record. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you know. J-Lo, six weeks of pole dancing, got, got my wife living. Six weeks of pole dancing now is claiming her, J-Lo is claiming that she is a pole master and making all these broad sweeping statements about pole dance. She, You know what she did? Six weeks, they closed a fucking strip club for her for six weeks. And you know what they did to the strippers who actually work in the club, who need that club open to make money? Fired them. Fired them. Fucking fired them. Current wife, Kasha. She's like, six weeks, they can put this bitch in, the, in, in, in a pole studio, and now she thinks she's a recognized authority on both pole dancing and strippers. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? And now they're talking about she does such a great performance that she's good, she's Oscar contention already. Somebody at Sony or whoever did this movie has got friends at, at the Daily Beast. I'm gonna see the movie on Friday with the, the wife and all of her pole dance friends. They were like, we don't know if you want to come. You know, it's like kind of a chick flick. I'm like, chick flick. I don't know, but it's got guns in it. She's like, yeah, I go, okay, I'll go. Just just like that, says Bruce Buffer. So so uh so we're there. But you know, you gotta understand the only person being driven outside of every every all the strippers and people in the pole dance community who are driven crazy, the number one person being driven crazy by J Lo is Madonna. Who can't dance very well? J-Lo and Madonna. Who can't really sing very well? J-Lo and Madonna. Who really wants to make it big in movies? J-Lo and Madonna. Who's done movies that you can actually see without getting sick to your stomach? J-Lo. Not Madonna. So from that point of view, I told you about that friend of mine, the restaurateur in L.A., who had sex both with Tracy Lords, a former porn star, and Madonna. He slept with them both. And then when I asked him, well, who was better? He was like, he was like, oh, no, not Evita, bro. No, no. Desperately Seeking Susan was all right. And that's it. But the guy was suddenly like, well, I'm not going to. Hey, bro, I wouldn't have known that you slept with them both if you didn't tell me. Don't get cute with me now. Go, gentlemen, never kisses and toes. 
And I said, man, I'm not letting you get away with it. You got to tell me. You got to fucking tell me. And he goes, all right, all right. Well, I'm not going to tell you because I'm a gentleman. But, uh, uh, well, no, no, you got to understand. J-Lo did Gili only to destroy Affleck. She, she, <laughs> you got to understand that, right? Like that friend of mine, those two fighters I know who the most impossibly beautiful women come up to them in, in, in this bar, this cheesy bar like in the East Bay here. They're like, can you believe it? And suddenly the player-hating fairy appears and, and, and comes over and is like, huckers! And the chicks are like, ah, you fucking asshole. And they blow it. Dan is like, what, what just happened? We were on our way doing nothing. The best-looking women here were about to pick us up and take us home. And that, and that just as soon they look around for the old guy, and he's gone. So J-Lo did with Gili. So from that point of view, I got to take my hat. Anything that could keep the almost billionaire Madonna kind of back on her heels and upset, it makes me happy. Even though, yeah, I had a dealing with Madonna at one point in time, and she was nice to me. But dude who slept with her said, you know, uh, he, oh, I never got to what he said, actually. He said, I'm not going to tell you, but he goes, if I had to say, I would say that Tracy was nicer. And I go, that made me happy. But McNuggets, with this shit, he just, you know what? You know what? Because he's realized what's happened. People go, well, didn't he threaten that mafia guy? Oh, you know, he didn't want to threaten to hit the guy. Well, man, yeah, he had to pay that guy. He had to pay that guy. What I get from my spies is that the check that was scratched was a $900,000 check. Okay. This is how, you know, uh, dude is like, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, he's got enough money to stay relevant. No, nah, not even, man. 90 million goes away fast, fast, fucking fast. You know why? Oh, yeah, 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 U-Turn, U-Turn, where they stole some Oxbow music in U-Turn. That was a great movie. That Billy Bob Thorne, that's when I became a huge fan of his. We, that line with Sean Penn where he goes, well, he goes, can't you just help me with this? He, and he goes, at one point, Sean Penn says to him earlier, he goes, well, you know what? That's why you live here and I'm just passing through. And later on, he needs a guy. He's like desperate. And he's like, ah. And Billy Bob Thornton says, well, maybe that's because I live here and you're just passing through. Yeah. Wonderful. Fuck you. Yeah, Oliver Stone is really inconsistent and kind of out of his mind. Yeah, you know, Listen. If you don't think I had recent dealings with J-Lo, you'd be wrong. Ozzy Fest was co-sponsored by Alex Rodriguez, who was married to J-Lo. So my hand, my thumb is kind of on the scale with it. You know, I, I, any New Yorker gets my gets my thumbs up. I'm usually forgiving, but she cares not the greatest dancer. And my sister, who, you know, won the Grammy, was the singer, had the misfortune of kind of hanging out one night around P. Diddy and when he was going out with her. And he said, she said it was, uh, she said it was really un uncomfortable. It was, because uh, P. Diddy was clearly still, um, still tied up with the Kim Porter, the woman who died. What am I doing all the celebrity gossip? Kind of, and so he, my sister said at one point, she just saw J-Lo sitting on a chair in a, in a hotel hallway, kind of waiting for him, the very animated P. Diddy to come back or settle down from wherever he had run off to. 
So I felt sorry for her from that reason. I generally liked her. She's from the Bronx, you know. I'm, uh, and I and I, you know, I don't uh, the outrage by the pole dancing stripper community. I think it was kind of shitty, like Tiger Woods shitty when he won eighty thousand dollars to blackjack table and tipped his dealer nothing. I think it's kind of shitty. They could have hired all those women as, as professional consultants and had them, or at least extras, and had them work on the set. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, McNuggets, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what the solution is. Uh, yeah, I know she doesn't. <laughs> I know she does. She's she's many millions of dollars away from giving a shit about the Bronx at this point. I'm just talking about my my past affection for. Her. But listen. Those two articles I just cited from the Irish Times seem to indicate if we're talking about a 92% figure, um, <laughs> I bet she does. <laughs> it's like Evander Holyfield when he's telling me, I went back to the hood once, done with that, fuck that. I click, I click. I go back to the hood all the time because I live there. No, I'm talking about the whole uh, hood in Brooklyn, which I could not afford to buy in again. Down the street from where Lawrence Fishburne grew up, where he escaped from to do Apocalypse Now. He lived in the corner in the apartment buildings, and I lived in the house. So, uh, so yeah, he needs to go away for more than a while. But you, listen, if he's got an 8% conviction chance, you know, um, they're talking about and this guy who sent me the citation, I don't know that he wants his name mentioned, is making the claim he could beat this thing. He could beat this thing. Yeah, I don't like what he did with his daughter. I don't like that he disowned his daughter for doing Americans are way too touchy about porno films. You ever go out with a porn star? I have. You know what planet they're from? Earth. They're just fucking people, man. Exhibitionist? Yeah, but you're going to disown your daughter for doing porn because she embarrassed you? Fuck it. That's when Fishburne died for me. He died. And people would say, well, Khabib, that's like, I'm not, I'm not, I enjoyed watching Khabib's clinic. It was a great clinic as a grappler. But he lost me with the, with the, uh, he lost me with the, the homeless guy laughing at the homeless guy thing. Yeah, yeah, she did to break into the movies because guess what? You know what? Father's not helping. You know how I know Lawrence Fishburne wouldn't help? You would have disowned your daughter for doing porn, and yet you enjoy porn. You know those women in porn are somebody's daughter. So, yeah, yeah. You know why she was doing to break into movies? Because these guys are notorious ladder pullers. How do I know? Because I watched dude throw my screenplay in the fucking garbage. There, But I... You know, it was ballsy for me to do that. It was ballsy for me to do that. I shouldn't have done it. I, ste I, was a I stepped over the line when I interviewed Lawrence Fishburne. Stepped over the fucking line. I couldn't help. It was my chance. Like Eminem, I'm going to take it, bro. Sorry. Sorry. Here's my screenplay. Oh, thanks. And he gave me that look like a friend of mine used to fuck with people when she moved to L.A., Oh, you're in film? Hey, you want my headshot? And they would go, oh, you know, you could send to my office and she just looks at him like, I don't have a headshot. It's like, got you, fucker. So, you know what? Now, you've heard me talk about this. Who's that Brit that ah, who's that Australian chick? Uh, uh, Naomi Watts. I think that's her name. She drove her car to the top uh uh 
you know, she drove the car to the top of Mulholland Drive and was about to drive off the cliff because she came all the way from Australia to L.A. and just couldn't make it. And then the next thing out of her mouth, she goes, I was talking to my friend Nicole. Are you kidding me? Nicole Kidman, who at the time was married to Tom Cruise, were your best friends, and they couldn't fucking shake you a solid? God damn it, Hollywood sucks. And the people in it suck. Give me the give me New York Mafia cats any day away because they understand patronage. So, you know, I don't he's got he is he is planning a return with the expectation that he can be that eight percent. Because the woman who was anally raped, I don't want to get into Tom Cruise's sexual uh, preferences. Because I got inside take on that too, because he was married to Mimi Rogers, who lives here in Los Altos Hills, which is not very far. And Mimi, it's a very small, wealthy community. I got friends in the community. Let's not talk about it. Yes, I know the South Park thing, but I got real stuff. I don't want to talk about that. I want to derail the show. So there's only one way that this thing goes down the that goes down the oofsy toilet. Only one way. And it hinges on whether the girl who was anally raped is a true believer or becomes an opportunist. And I'm sure they're working her. I'm sure they're working her. Because people like that can't believe that everybody doesn't have a price. And I think fundamentally they're right. Going into this December, that's not even so much whether she sells out. What's done is done. What's done is done. You know, your anus stops hurting, and you got to go to work regardless. It's a game of musical chairs. What at what chair is your ass going to be in when the music stops and everybody goes, look, look, look we got to stop. We got to stop with this. Those are the same cats. Those were the same cats. No, I told my kids, I'm going to disown you for one thing and one thing only. If you try to murder me. And what would I do? Yeah, a year later, going into a year later in December, I don't think my anus hurts anymore. But you understand, when they sign these deals, you do understand, you know, oh boy, I almost blew it. I sued a major corporation, and they didn't think they had exposure. And they were like, uh, this was in the early days. I've told you about the sexual – I've written about it for Ozzy, for the sexual harassment claim. I almost spilled and told you what, corp, what the corporation was. And one of the conditions on receiving what was a year of salary to make up for my pain and suffering was that I don't mention the company ever. Yep. Can't talk about it. You draw whatever kind of conclusions you want if Jenny from the block suddenly moves into a mansion in Dublin. Draw whatever conclusions you want. I, you know, yeah. And he, she's got, he's got enough money, whatever he has left, to get somebody in the court and to drag them and to keep them in court for a while. It's just, it's, it becomes auto de fe. I'll destroy us both. It's a game of chicken. I will spend last nickel I have to keep you from... But you know who knows the truth? 
the bald one. That's why he's soft selling this thing right now. Well, we'll see. We'll see with McNuggets. He's got a lot to think about. We'll see. We'll see. No, it wasn't Apple. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, it depends on whether you want to punish McNuggets. And it also depends. Yeah, the bald one doesn't give a fuck. And it also depends on whether or not you think he'll reoffend. Because if it happens to somebody else after it happened to you, that burden is yours to carry. You, you, the Barabbas effect. You let him go. And you knew what he was going to do. You knew what he was going to do. So um, if they're talking, if they, when they start talking, when they start talking about him seriously making a return, when he starts saying, Things like, um, when he starts saying things like, uh, um, about making noises about not retiring, unretiring, or or something like that. When he sends you stuff like that, when you start to, you will know that the woman decided, this is a smart money move. This is a smart money move. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you're asking me what I would do? Well, you know, having been somebody who was assaulted when I was younger, you know, not anally raped, I'd take the money. It's easy to plot other types of revenge. That was my favorite. There's my favorite thing from the Colin Quinn thing where he talked about vendettas and and vigilante justice. If you go to uh, Ozzy.com, and type in, uh, type in, stomping out rape literally. You'll see that's an article I wrote about beating up uh, an attempted rapist who tried to rape a friend of mine. And you look in the comments, and you got all those guys, those pro-rape guys, like you don't know what that slut said. I go, you don't know my friend Lisa, so go fuck yourself. I'll beat you in the head with a baseball bat, like I beat this guy in the head. Well, actually, I didn't. Be- I stomped him. I didn't beat him in the head with a baseball bat. But anyway, let's get through the rest of this fight because we could all breeze right through it. I I won Care Don't Care this week. Bested both John Nash and Steph. We had more right picks. My Of course, my wrong pick was uh, uh, Dustin. Never make that mistake again. Uh, and then I also had uh, – I don't remember who my other wrong pick was. But all my others were right. And we're going to go through them in the last four minutes of the show because I'm ten minutes over – goofing off with this technology at the beginning. Um, oh, I picked against Curtis Blades just to be a contrarian. And maybe, you know, yeah, I don't know. Dylan Dennis, I, look, I don't want to talk about it. The guy's, that guy's a nodule on the testicles of a wider sport. But um, uh, so let's see. I picked, uh, of course, uh, Paul Felder. He was a don't care who became a care. And people were making noises about, ah, oh, well, I guess it pays to be a commentator. Get the fuck out of here. Barbosa is uneven at best. He won that fair and square. Super chats. I don't know what a super chat is. Help me out. Dobby Ramos in Islam. Uh, yeah, that's a great name for him. It's a fumbler. They're exactly right. There's some guys, it's like the, the corollary, the always something person. The always something person always fumbles, but the fumbler only fumbles at crucial fucking moments. 
God damn it. You know what? These people are the bane of my existence. You know, you got the dream job. Oh, but then you develop some mystery diagnosis in your gut. You can't do it. And they fire you after three months. Oh, you save your pennies and you buy something really valuable. That's now I finally got the synthesizer. That's going to change my life. I can finish this piece of music and I can go. And I left it in my car. Somebody broke into the car. The fumbler. The fucking fumbler. Oh, well, hey, look, DM me about it because uh, I, I let me know I'll, or I'll look up how to set up a super chat. Uh, I don't really know what that is. Yeah, I'm old. I'm 57. Uh, Curtis Blades, uh, you know, so uh, I picked against him. Uh, for Shara, Tuzumov, eh, whatever. Uh, I cared about that and I enjoyed Joan Calderwood. I picked over Andrea Lee and they got that wrong. Whatever. Oh, I like that. I like that money. All right, I'll look it up. If you know an easy answer on how to set up a super chat, DM me. Um, also, something else I'm going to say, and I need to say it right now since we're talking at the top of the hour about the Patreon thing. Sorry, my nose is itching like crazy. I was doing some gardening yesterday. And that's it. The $10, the $10 thing. Yeah, okay. The $10 thing. I'll look it up before I get it. Let me look it up. Um, where I call you, I realize that if all of you did that, this is participants, pop out chat, toggle timestamp. I, I don't know. Oh, that's right. Andrea Lee. Yeah, yeah, that's what I remember. I didn't I forgot about the Nazi part. I forgot what I was saying. You did it. You did it. You got me with the Nazi thing. Uh 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 so remind me if you can can. I'm just gonna go through the last few minutes. Through enough, through enough, uh Moraes. That's it. I got I got no other phone calls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. Phone calls, phone calls. So uh ten dollars. If you pay ten dollars a month on Patreon, then I call you once a month. It dawns on me that if everybody did that, I'd be spending all my time on the phone. And I gotta tell you honestly, I don't really actually like talking on the phone. I like the people who I've called so far. I like talking to you guys, uh, because I can call you and I was like not because I'm old school, so I just need to pick up the phone if I can. And it's like I don't I usually pick it up even if I'm not it's a convenient time. No, it's not a phone sex call. It's it's whatever you want it to be. It's whatever you want it to be. You know, you pay ten dollars a month to Patreon. I call you, and uh, you know, some of you uh, some of you ask me sex questions. Ten dollars a month, you get sexy talk. Except, you know, my sexy talk is maybe not as sexy as you would like. <laughs> it's sexy for me. <laughs> uh, dinner with you? Well, you pay for dinner. And then you have dinner with me. How's that? Uh, um, so, uh, uh, but it has to be at a restaurant of my choosing. Yeah, that's the catch. So the thing is, if I get more than 20 people paying $10, I'm going to have to switch it up because I can't make more than 20 calls in a month. But, and you can ask the people who get the calls. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Now you can ask the people who get the calls. They constantly got to remind me because I can't remember and I forget. So you got to remind me because I'm going to forget. But I'll do it. But when it gets to, like, I don't know. I think it's at, I, I don't think we're at 10 yet. Maybe when it gets to 10, I'm going to fucking cap it. And then I'll give you, I'll give some other gift or reward for people who sign on to patreon.com slash stopperville. But we're finished with UFC because I'm not going to talk about Ottoman Azaitar and Timu Pakalin, even though Timu got his, got starched and that's what was worthy of a, of a notice. The show is over.
The show is over. I went up to the little dot, I have to tell you, and it doesn't say anything about Super Chats. And it says, your channel, YouTube, sign out. It doesn't say anything about Super Chats. So I'm going to have to look it up. But anyway, that's the show. Did somebody tell me, what is this, V what? Oh, I can look on, I can look on my phone. I don't know. Now that I'm not using the phone to play music, I can tell you what this is, the V is. This is V uh, Bellator. You know what? I'm sorry, man. I'm still my ass is still hurt from the um, from the uh, uh, John Fitch, who I'm not a big fan of necessarily. Still from the John Fitch Rory McDonald fight, which was a mockery of a travesty of a sham. And uh, yeah, 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 it's a 79. And um, and I did have multiple friends fighting it. Uh, uh, James Terry, sadly, who lost. Uh, guy used to coach my kids. Uh, uh, Bolano, uh, Gaston, Gaston Bolano, who on Aussie.com, uh, Matt Webster from LA said, I want to fight a, a, fight a, a professional Muay Thai fighter and came up and fought him for a video series that we did. Aussie.com. Yeah, I'm sorry. Please leave a like below. And, um, and he lost as well, got choked out sadly. And then Hanato Alves, uh, who's a guy, uh, team Sorrell, Sorrell Academy, he fought one third round with a rear naked choke. I know what that's like. I saw the guy when they raised his hand, the guy who he fought was like, yeah, I've been there, bro. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. Been choked by uh, round. So, but Bellator was at SAP Center, and I, I miscalculated. We had a box seat, and I could have gone and had a good old time, but I didn't want to put the wife through essentially 11 hours of MMA viewing. I didn't realize that UFC 242 would be over by 1.30. I set the laptop up at Jiu-Jitsu so we could kind of half-ass watch it right after the hoist thing. Hoist, uh, hoist Gracie he was talking. You wonder what's happening to Hoist Gracie news? He's running a, a marathon next week, a 40-mile marathon. And then in March 2020, he's going to run an 83-mile marathon. Dude's like 53. That's what's up. That's him if he eats meat. He goes, yeah, I hunt too. And, I, and we talked about that for a bit because I used to be a hunter as well. I didn't hunt because I wanted to eat game. I thought if you're going to eat meat, that you should hunt. And uh, anyway, I, that, that, that's for another show. And then I, I said, hey, when, when is Half coming back? And he just kind of smiled. <laughs> ah, so there you go. There you go. Anyway, the show's over. Thanks for listening. This is V. Set. Let's see if I can do this. With one hand. Actually, I don't. Why do I? I don't need. I need V. Seven. Nine. Eugene S. Roberts, your soul stomper. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, uh, Tuesday night, we're back to the Tuesday schedule. We got If I Did It, followed by If the Shoes Fit, with a special surprise secret guest for If I Did It. And uh, uh, a second go with our second, second now no longer surprise guest on If the Shoes Fit. Uh, 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 Alexi got caught up in the, uh, in the Hurricane Dorian, not in Alabama. And uh, and then got sick, and there was some other shit. And then the other surprise guests had family problems. But you will be surprised. Monday, uh, Monday night, we got uh, 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 Carrie Don't Care because there's a fight UFC. Uh, where the hell is this next one? You know, if they don't show you any promos for the next one, it's not a big one. And it's Dustin Cerrone uh, 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 against um, Donald Cerrone versus uh, Justin Gagey, which I think is a real nothing of a fight, but whatever. I said so on the Care Don't Care preview. Uh, of course, 9.30 tonight is a new sex with Eugene. Uh, I have, I'm one shy for this next week. So if you can, DM me your sex questions. They don't even have to be your sex questions. 
Just DM me with a sex question that you've heard or somebody else had. I'll answer it in the column. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Until then, look what you made me do! Hey!